Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 26, From Divorce to Healing When It Feels Impossible. Today we are speaking with Dr. Shiroko Sokic. She's the owner of Heart to Heart Medical Center in Santa Rosa, California. Since 1993, Dr. Shiroko is an expert of, at using many modalities to bring your body to balance and wholeness. Her specialty is healing when it seems impossible. She brings hope and healing to difficult health conditions by blending Chinese and Western medicine with a deep spiritual and emotional healing approach. Dr. Shiroko is truly a mind, body, spirit healer. She shares her vulnerable story of a divorce that left her brokenhearted. As she rebuilt her life, she takes her own personal healing as well as her clients to the next level with her practice and her approach. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today I have my dear, dear friend, Shiroko Sokic, and today she's going to talk about how love has transformed her life and her medical practice. Welcome, Shiroko. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk about your your love lesson and your story of how you integrated love into your life and what was the experience that led you to do the work that you do now? So there's many layers of how I got to where I am today and um, but I think the most significant for most recent transformation is when I when my marriage with my husband ended and um, you know he was who I thought was my soulmate and my whole life I had sort of thought that you were meant to have one soulmate and be together with that person. And so that was like all of the conditioning that I came from. And when he decided he didn't want to be with me anymore, first of all, I was in love with him. And second of all, I was uh, conditioned um, to think that that was what was important for me. Right. And that I was meant to have this relationship last forever. And it, and when it ended, I was devastated and I felt like the whole world in my, my whole world had come apart. And in some ways it did. My business was difficult and my divorce was difficult. And a lot of things just kind of fell apart physically and emotionally and spiritually. And, you know, it's because of the love of my friends and the people who, you know, my patients and my practice that I began to pull myself back together after the divorce and really the love of my friends, you know, because for the first few months I lived on people's couches and, you know, uh, slept in different people's houses while I tried to figure out what to do with myself. And, and I had friends who took me to the gym and just let me stand there and cry while they worked out, you know, like there was so much love and support. And slowly, slowly, I began to realize that there was so much more love, like love meant more than having your one soulmate. Love meant having connections with people. It meant 
it was this amazing healing force in my life. And I know that I would not have learned that without having gone through that experience. So now it colors everything that I do. Yeah. It's amazing um, to have that level of support in your life. I feel like so many people don't have such good friends and all of that level of true love. So it's such a blessing to yeah. be able to experience that. So I wanted to ask you, cause I know I have your book <laughs> and love is one of the keys in your book, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about your book and how you used love since it was such a, such a transformative tool for you and how you integrated that into your work and you wrote about it in your book? Sure. So my book is healing when it seems impossible, seven keys to defy the odds. And, um, the healing when it seems impossible on some level, part of it came from going through what I went through in the divorce, but also because I specialize in helping people who have difficult health issues and often people who have no diagnosis. And um, so it sometimes seems impossible when you have a, a difficult physical issue to recover from that. And then, and then also when the title came to me, just a couple months after the title came to me, there were these massive fires in the Santa Rosa, which is where my office was and 6,000 people's homes burnt or 6,000 homes burnt to the ground in the middle of the night where people, you know, like literally had to leave their homes in, in a flash in the middle of the night with nothing. And so there's many layers to that healing when it seems impossible. And um, one, the first key of the seven keys is love. And it's because of all of those things, you know, because love healed me. And when you bring love into something, into a health condition, into a relationship, any kind of relationship, you can have a relationship with a plant. And if you love that plant, it's going to do better. And there's science that shows all that. So uh, to me, the first key to any healing journey is to really bring love into the equation. And when you say love, are you, you're talking about all forms of love, correct? Like self-love, love for others, love for, you know, receiving love, giving love, right? Yes. Yeah. So one of the first things that I talk about in the book is when you have a difficult health issue, and you don't know what to do about it, you feel betrayed by your body. You feel angry, you feel frustrated. So many people come to me um, when they're going through a health challenge and they're like, I just wanna feel how I used to feel and angry at their bodies. And so the first thing is to recognize that your body is your friend. It's not your enemy and it is not trying to hurt you when it's going through whatever it is. And so if you begin to think of your body as your friend, how would you look at it differently? You know, if your body was your very best friend, what would you do for it? How would you think about it? You wouldn't think about it as your enemy. And then, so, so that's first. And then the second thing is, is that loving your body, you know, which is maybe harder to do than to just think of your body as your friend. You can, you might reluctantly come to think of your body as your friend, but then to think about loving your body and giving it love that's a next level thing right and um so what i tell a lot of people is if, if it's hard to really think about i love my body then the next thing that you could do is love someone else or love something else 
because if you put that love out, interestingly, love is this big energy, right? So any kind of love that comes from you will also come to you. So even if that other person doesn't give you love back in the same way as you would expect, if you pour your love out towards someone, like let's say you have a kid that you love a lot, every time you give that child love, you're also receiving love from yourself. It's like this boomerang that comes back to you. And so that's the next level of stepping into loving yourself. And then the, the chapter also talks about the love hormone, oxytocin, which um, oxytocin is the hormone that actually is created when you have a child, when you bond with a partner, when you hug somebody, when you laugh, that hormone is released in your system. And that hormone makes you feel good. And it's not exactly opposite of cortisol, but cortisol is your stress hormone. And so when you're super stressed, you feel tight and you feel not connected and not able to love and you wanna run. Whereas when you have oxytocin, you feel warm and fuzzy and you wanna love and you wanna hug, you know? And actually oxytocin is used for people who have uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, to help them recover. And there's a lot of research that shows that it actually helps. Also oxytocin, there's, um, I could go on and on about love and the heart if you want me to, you could tell. Um, I gave it's a, good. yeah, I gave a little speech about the future of medicine. Do you know about the heart math organization? Yeah, of course. I talk a lot, a lot yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of research that shows that love is this amazing healing energy. And they also show that the heart has, uh, all of like heart is the place where love comes from. And what's so cool is that your heart actually sends more signals to your brain than that your brain sends to your heart, which is a very interesting piece of information to have, you know? So that means that when you come from your heart, you're actually, people always say, come from your heart or follow your heart. And, and sometimes we don't know what that means. But when we come from our heart, literally it sends signals to our brains, which help us release the right kind of hormones, release the right chemicals. We actually produce epinephrine and norepinephrine and serotonin in our hearts, as well as oxytocin. And then the heart also has its own hormone that kind of regulates body fluid. The heart is a much more advanced organ than we think it is. Yeah, because I think everyone always puts all the emphasis on the brain because the brain, you know, the brain does so many other functions that, of course, we need and we can't function without. And the heart's always kind of like, oh, yeah, we need the heart, but it's not as important as the brain, though we can't live with either. We need both. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, the science now, like to me, so, you know, when I went to medical school, which is a very long time ago, they said that the brain really didn't have a lot of self-repair capacity, you know, and now in the last 10, 15 years, the science, the brain science and neurological science shows how amazing our brains are and how much regeneration they're capable of, which we didn't have when I was in medical school. And, you know, if you bonked your head, you couldn't see that on a scan, but now there are scans that will show that just a light damage to your head will hurt your brain and will cause problems in the future. And so there's all of this new science 
on the brain. And I think that the new revolution or the new frontier of science after the brain will be the heart. And we'll learn even more things that the heart is capable of. Oh, that's exciting. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> when you utilize love in your practice, so how do you how do you utilize it in your practice? You teach your clients how to love themselves more. Do you give them practices? How do you um, incorporate it? Well, you know, I still practice medicine pretty much, and so most of what I do is I really try to have a loving environment. So I make it cozy and comfy. I play music. I, you know, uh, I'm very gentle when I do acupuncture with people and I give a lot of love and I let my patients know, or my clients know that I love them and that I care about them. And I do ex I go the extra mile to show them that I care. And as they progress in their healing, even though love is the first key in the book, it's not necessarily the first thing that people are ready to do as they start to a healing journey. So I introduce the concept sort of woven throughout their journey in their care with me, you know? So like, what if your body was your friend? You know, just have these conversations in the, in the course of the time that they're working with me. What if your body was your friend? What if it wasn't your enemy, you know? And kind of just slowly get them to that place where they start to feel more care for themselves. What are your self-care practices or self-love practices that you incorporate to generate the love that you're giving to your clients? Oh, well, I have a lot of practices. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I do physical exercise almost every single day. So I either do yoga or cardio or dance. I love to dance. So dance is, you know, something that um, since, uh, since COVID I've been dancing in my living room, which is funny because before aerobics came along or Zumba or all of those things, Jane, before even Jane Fonda, this is what, like I was in undergrad and college, I would dance in my living room to Michael Jackson. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just be dancing around. And that was how I relieved stress back then. And, you know, then it became a thing, you know. And, and now that we're all locked up and can't go to the gym, I'm doing that again, you know, just dancing in my living room and having this really, that's one amazing thing. I meditate every morning when I wake up, I pray every morning. I actually have this toothbrushing ritual that I do to help myself be more conscious. I connect to my friends, you know, as often as I can, but really try to make an effort to connect to somebody at least once a day. I think those are all the things. Oh, there's a breathing exercise that I do that um, takes me into my heart. Using, actually, I used to use the heart math device all the time. I used it for like three years, pretty much every single day. And then I got used to the pattern. So now I can just breathe and open my heart and send energy through my body. Nice. And yeah. so you do all that and then you start your day. The meditation and the breathing and the brushing my teeth, that's all first thing in the morning. Yeah. Nice. And so you've been seeing yeah. clients face to face and online, right? Because of, because of due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, should, mm -hmm. are you hoping to do this work online? I know you're building an online practice, which isn't really necessarily about, I mean, it's kind of heartburn is kind of heart related. Well, I think actually more than you would imagine heartburn is heart related because first of all, a lot of people who have heartburn have chest pain. So the physical heart is not the only 
way that we have issues with our heart, you know? So I love to talk about the Chinese medicine element of the heart um, and the pericardium because there's so many, so many complicated elements there. So in Chinese medicine, the heart regulates the emotion of joy, the place where your spirit lives. And it's called the emperor. And partly it's called the emperor because A, it sits in the middle of your body, in the middle of the center of your body, but also it's the place where the energy comes from that regulates the rest of your body, right? So the physical heart from the Chinese medicine point of view is actually ruled by the pericardium. The pericardium is that layer of tissue that surrounds our physical hearts. In Western medicine, it's just a piece of tissue. It's not considered anything of importance, but in Chinese medicine, the pericardium is really what regulates our physical heart, like our heartbeat and the circulation of blood. And if you have a heart attack, a physical heart attack or things like that, that's done by the pericardium. And the, and the heart itself is more of an emotional, spiritual construct. My telemedicine practice is focused on heartburn, like physical heartburn. Uh, one, because I have 95% success in helping people heal it. But two, because it has so important in relation to our spirit and our emotions. So heartburn is actually usually in the stomach, right? We think of it in the stomach and we think of it as something that you can just take Tums and they'll go away. But, you know, they're almost every single person event has heartburn at some point in their lives. And, and I think actually probably more since I started paying attention to it more in my practice every one of my patients at some point or another has had heartburn. And this part of our body, the space between our stomach and our physical heart is the solar plexus. And that's called our third chakra. Well, that's where our, our sense of ourself lives. And when we express our heart, it's where our expression of ourself, right? So there, the way the chakras work and the way our spirits work is so beautifully tied in with the issue of heartburn that, you know, like I feel super excited to help people with that because it has so many implications, not just physical. I love that you're talking about, because that's what I love too, the physical connection to the emotional yeah. connection, because Chinese medicine is such a beautiful medicine where we talk a lot about emotions and different meridians and different... Yeah. Physical, physical elements or diseases that are the result of repressed emotions. And you must have so much experience with a lot of your clients that have a lot of emotional stuff that manifests into physical elements. Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us one of your success stories with your clients where you help them utilize self-love and love as a way of healing through their emotional as well as physical ailment? The story that comes to mind was a woman who was actually relatively young when she first got breast cancer. Wow. She was in her early 40s. And um, she was a very fit person, always took really good care of herself, always, you know, exercised regularly and was conscious about what she eats. So, you know, like she felt very betrayed by her body when she got breast cancer. And actually somebody sent her to me and paid for her first visit because she didn't have the money for her initial visit and then so betrayed by her body. And, you know, it, it always takes, a, it's important to gain trust. So the emotions don't, 
I'm a, I'm a physician. People usually come to me as a physician. So I don't usually jump right into the emotions right away. But over the course of a few treatments, I began to talk to her about her emotions and her hatred of her body and her anger. She had been heartbroken, you know, and she had bad relationships with her family members. And so she had a lot of things that had broken her heart in different times. And in particular, her relationship with the man had broken her heart. And um, so, and breast cancer, even though it's, you know, a different tissue <laughs> than our physical heart, it is in the heart chakra. So it has to do with emotions on, on a part of the level that, that we're working with. So I began to talk to her about love and self-love and allowing herself to, uh, accept her life. I actually even went to her home and did a cleansing for her to help her clear some of the trauma. And, um, you know, she changed. She just blossomed over time and she came to forgive her family. She let go of the anger that she had towards her, the partner that had broken her heart and she was able to find a, a love. Uh, yeah, so it was really, it was really rewarding, one, to work with her and two, to see her blossom over time, you know. So you went to her actual house to do a cleansing of the house, the physical space? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't do that for everybody, but. <laughs> <laughs> VIP clients. <laughs> you know, not that she was, it, it's just that, that it felt like she needed something to clear the energy, not just emotionally, but physically in her space so that she would be surrounded by love in her home too. A lot of times we think of our love connection ends with our body somehow, right? So like we, you love your body, you love your life. And, and I often talk about falling in love with your life, but also your physical space, which is one of the cool things, again, in Chinese medicine is this whole idea of feng shui and how your physical space supports your life. And so for her, I felt like it was necessary for her recovery to, to have her physical space also support her. It's also great because you've you had that experience with the heartbreak and the divorce to be able to guide her and to, to guide her towards a path of healing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it makes such a big difference. Um, I mean, it's it's hard when you go through stuff, I mean, as individuals, but I definitely feel like it gives us a depth of compassion and knowledge that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. Well, I remember when my heart was broken and I thought to myself, you know, like part of my anger at whatever you call it, the divine was, you know, like I had done all these things that were, you know, supposed to be right, right? And that, you know, it shouldn't have happened to me. But then I realized that it should have happened to me. It was the exact perfect thing that should happen because one, it broke me open to love more, you know, and before that, my love was pretty much focused on one person, you know, like, of course I loved other people, but my deep connection love was focused on this one person. And, and, and when that broke, then I was able to love so much more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's including loving myself more, you know, but, but to love my patients more, to love my life more. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's painful when you go through emotional things like that, breakups, betrayals, grief, 
those are all painful situations. However, when you're able to get through them, you become such a deeper, more loving, more compassionate, more empathetic person. Yeah. It's definitely amazing for the health and also for the health benefits, because it also helps your physical body releasing all these repressed emotions. So we're going to get a little bit into the infinite love questions, but the first question you've already answered, because it was like, how do you use love in your work? So we kind of been talking about that this whole time. So we'll move to the second question, which is how is your work used to serve humanity? How is my work used to serve her humanity? Well, you know, another brief story. The reason I became a doctor is when I was five years old, my great grandmother collapsed in front of me and never saw her alive again after, uh, after she collapsed, she was taken away to the hospital. And, and a few days later, I was told that she had died and she was my best friend. And she was the person who nurtured me and took care of me. And so when I found out that she had died, I was of course devastated. But I also in that very moment was like, what can I do to solve this? It was a problem in my moment, in my mind, you know, I was like, I wanted a miracle. I wanted to bring her back to life. And I started imagining a machine that would make her heart start beating again so that she could come back. And my whole life, my whole business, everything is predicated on this idea that miracles happen. And I live for miracles, you know, and my whole training and my education and my years of school and everything is to help people have healing on an instantaneous level. And so that's how I work. And that's what I work from. When I see somebody, I want them to have healing now, you know, not that it always happens, but as part of why I do acupuncture and why I still love acupuncture after all these years is, um, because sometimes miracles happen right then, you know, they feel better right now. And that's just so exciting. So that's how I serve humanity is I, I bring healing and I bring love and, and on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I help people heal from difficult health issues. I love it. Yeah. What does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Well, on every single level, uh, of being a positive force of goodness is to put positive energy out as much as possible. And, and so, you know, to be kind to the people that I'm around, to be generous and caring and giving as much as possible and to love as much as possible. When I first started sort of my self-improvement path, which is when I left my surgical residency, I realized that there was the most that I could do was to be as good as I could be you know, in any situation. So I've spent my whole life on many levels sort of looking to be a better person and to bring goodness wherever I can. What do you love most about your life? My friends. And how do you feel you receive love? Well, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. So receiving love, it's funny how we learn things. And, and so how I receive love is, uh, of course, if in connecting with my friends and when I need help and I reach out for support or love, I receive uh, that support and love and caring whenever I reach out. I feel so blessed in that way, you know, that I have friends that I could call them in the middle of the night and they will answer the phone and they'll be there for me. I have people who will tell me the truth. And I think maybe more than anything else, if, if you have friends who will tell you the truth, even if it's not easy to tell you the truth, that's such a blessing. 
So I receive love by being open, even when I'm told the difficult truth. When do you feel like you've received the most love? Um, you know, that's an interesting question that's always evolving for me. For many years of my life, I did not believe in God or the divine. And I did not feel like I received love from the divine. I remember having a massage, actually, and she was working on a, a part of my body and she was saying it seemed like I was angry about something. And I suddenly saw amounts of betrayal that I had in my life and in my childhood. And all of a sudden I was crying and I couldn't lay on the table anymore because I was crying so hard. So I sat up and I was crying, feeling the aloneness of never having connected to the divine. And all of a sudden, I remember this so clearly. This is like years ago, 15, 15, 16 years ago or something like that. I felt this little kiss on my cheek. Like I just felt this little light sensation on my cheek. And I realized that the divine had always been there for me and always that I was the one who had turned away hmm. and that it was right there and um, opening to receive that, you know, and there have been times when even since then where I wasn't open to receive that love and, and times when I am open to receive that love. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, it makes, a, it makes life less lonely when you have that connection, for sure. And the last question is, where has love created a miracle in your life? Well, I feel like I'm a walking miracle. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like love is what created that for me. And it's the whole story, really. If you take all of the pieces and all of the connections and all of the friends and the people who've dedicated themselves to helping me from some, one time when I had a flat tire on the freeway and a guy stopped and helped me replace my tire, you know, like in the middle of the night in a rainstorm, he saw that I got a flat tire and he stopped and he, he came and helped me, you know, like, it's like, if you think about miracles as, as all kinds of positive things that happen in your life, then there are miracles every single day. Isn't it it's always interesting that flat tire always happens when it's raining and it's in the middle of the night, right? Yes. Well, how can people find you? And like, how do people, if people want to work with you, like what's the best way to get in contact with you? So I have a website, hearttoheartmedicalcenter.com and it's called Heart to Heart Medical Center, which is from my heart to your heart. And all the information about me is there, the um, webinars, the um the book and what I do. So you can connect with me there. And if you're interested in uh, telemedicine from far away, because I do now work with people from far away in a coaching manner, um, you can just send an email through the website and you can reach me. Okay. And your, and your heartburn isn't out yet. Heartburn, heartburn. is out. Yeah. Is out. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And we can get your book on Amazon. You can get my book on Amazon, but it's also, there's a click, you know, if you go to my website, everything's right there. <laughs> so there are also some free gifts. There's a sample chapter and, uh, and a booklet on how to choose supplements, because when you take supplements, you should take good quality supplements. So there's several gifts on my website as well. Beautiful. So thank you so much for Shiroko for coming on the podcast. I loved hearing your story about love and transformation and 
I love you so much. And I'm so happy that you were able to take the time to do this today. Thank you for having me. And I love you so much. I'm honored to call you my friend. Yes. We're, we've been friends for a long Thanks. time and I've been grateful to have you in my life. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.